Thank you for listening to this recording from Chestnut Hill Baptist Church. Today, the Reverend Donald Sype joins us preaching out of Nehemiah chapter 2 with a message called Called by God. We hope you find this message valuable and enriching. The uh, message today will be from Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. In the, mouth, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. This is the word of the Lord. It's hard sometimes to, um, <clears throat> to take story that um, <clears throat> is quite lengthy and uh, reduce it to a, a message of 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. But uh, this is what I intend to do. And so as we think of uh, this time, we think, we ask the question of who is in control? Did you ever think that since God is in control of everything that occurs on earth, he must have intended for each of us to be here at this time? The question then is, why am I here in this place? In the history that is given about the return of Israel from Babylon captivity, it shows that God had a purpose for everything. And sometimes his purpose is made clear only through the events that take place. Before the Jews were actually taken captive, the prophet Jeremiah prophesied that Judah would be taken captive by the Babylonians and then after a time in captivity, 70 years, they could return to their own land again. This information was verified by Daniel, who was also taken captive. He confirmed that the time of their captivity would be 70 years before they were permitted to return to their land, especially to the city of Jerusalem. Jeremiah in 25 verse 1 tells us that 
His message was from the Lord. It was about all the people of Judah, and it was given to Jeremiah during the fourth year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, the king of Judah. The situation with Israel was that it became a divided country following the reign of King Solomon. But God continued to love all of the people of Israel, and he required them to love him and especially obey him. He had allowed them to build him a temple in Jerusalem so they could worship him and make sacrifices to him. When they worshiped only God, they became a powerful nation. Soon the people of the north, still named Israel, began disobeying God and began to do evil. They worshiped many other gods which included idols. The southern kings and their people, who were renamed Judah, were no better than the northern kings called Israel, although they had periods when the kings of the south were obedient to God. Many of their kings also did evil in the sight of the Lord. These people were called Jews. The Assyrian nation soon became a strong and powerful nation, and in 722 BC, God allowed them to be captured. Uh, <clears throat> that is, allowed them to capture the northern tribes of Israel. The Assyrians forced the Israelites out of their nation and sent them to other countries. They also brought the people from other nations to live in the land of Israel. These other people soon uh, uh, did not know God and worshiped false gods. They tried to worship true and the, both the true God and the false gods, but God would not accept their worship. Samaria was the chief city of the northern tribes and they were called Samaritans. They became enemies of the southern tribes. They were especially hated by those who lived around Jerusalem and those who would soon return from their exile. Remember the Samaritan woman who spoke to Jesus at the well in Samaria? She asked him, where should we worship God? in the north or the south. Jesus explained to her in John 4, 23 and 24, that eventually all people would know how to worship God properly. He told her that there will be a time when the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. When the Assyrian nation under King Sennacherib tried to overcome Judah as they had with Israel in the north, they were unable to capture their cities. But they were not able to capture Jerusalem especially. This was in 701 BC. At that time, God saved the city of Jerusalem. When Assyria was finally defeated by the nation of Babylon, whose king was Nebuchadnezzar, 
They then ruled over all the conquered nations, which now included Judah. The soldiers removed most of the Jews in Judah, and they took them to Babylon, where they were then forced to live in exile. This is called the Babylonian exile. They lived there for approximately seven years, 70 years. God had warned the nation of Judah that he would soon punish them for their disobedience. Now under the Babylonians, he was going to fulfill this promise and he was going to punish them. Although the Babylonians did not know it, God had also promised to punish them as well. Then in 586 BC, the Babylonians attacked Jerusalem again, and at that time, they destroyed the temple and the entire city of Jerusalem. This included the walls, which they tore down, and the gates, which were burned. God had warned his people that this destruction would happen if they refused to obey him. But they continued to do more and more evil. Then approximately 70 years in captivity, the Babylonians were finally defeated by the nation of Persia under Cyrus, the Persian king. He now became king over all, Babylonian, the, all the Babylonian empire. And when we include all the land of Babylon plus the Persian land, they now, control, they now controlled nearly all the Middle East. We read in the book of Ezra chapter one that in the first year of the rule of Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord spoke to the heart of Cyrus. God was now going to fulfill his promise that he had made to Israel through Jeremiah the prophet. After 70 years of exile, he was now going to allow his people to return to their land and to the city of Jerusalem. Cyrus then declared, the Lord God, the God of heaven, has ordered me to build a house for him in Jerusalem of Judah. Any of God's people who wanted to go back could return to Jerusalem in Judah and help. The Jewish people who had been carried off to Babylon had lived there for 70 years. For some, it was their entire life. Many had comfortable homes and many were now working there. Some of them had gathered many possessions and had become wealthy. Since the king told them that the trip to return to their former homeland was voluntary, many would choose not to return. But still, there were many who were anxious to return to Jerusalem. They, that is the Jews, made several trips from Babylon to Jer Jerusalem the trip took four months, four months. The first group that returned to Jerusalem was under the leadership of Zerubbabel, which took place in 538 BC. He took with him Joshua, who was appointed as high priest. The total number of people who returned at this time 
was about 20,000 people, plus some priests and Levites and worship singers for the temple. The second group that returned was led by Ezra, the scribe. He returned in 458 BC with about 5,000 Jews. Many of these were associated with the worship that would take place after the temple was rebuilt. Many of them were associated with the temple of the law and the law. Ezra, Ezra's return was delayed because he was involved in teaching the law and the worship services in Babylon with his priest, Brock ben Naira. Ezra was expected to strengthen the people's relationship with the law. He was especially concerned with the Jews commingling with the pagan people. He was called to strengthen the Jewish identity of the people and prevent any assimilation with non-Jews. The third group was led by Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. They left for Jerusalem in 445 BC. He was a cupbearer to the per king of Persia. It doesn't tell us how many returned to Jeru Judah with him, but it must have been many because he had an army escort supplied by the king. The two books that described this period in Israel's history were Ezra and Nehemiah. It was a time when the people returned to their land. Ezra called their land Israel. So here we are. Cyrus the Great is the Persian king who conquered the Neo-Babylonian Empire in 539 BC. And he, was, he has just issued a decree, an edict, saying that any Jew who desired to do so could return to the land of Judah. Around 50,000 Jews made the trip back. But most of the people who were exiled and could now return decided to remain in Babylon. Others who returned later did so in small groups or in families, and which occurred over the next 100 years. Resettling in their land again brought about many difficulties. They had difficulties with the Jews that had remained in the land, mostly poor Jews who had no wealth or position. Then there were the Samaritans a mixture of Jews and Gentiles who were claiming to be Jews in every way. But the returning Jews hated them and treated them as Gentiles. And then there was the problem of security. The city was completely destroyed. There were no walls around the city, so they had no protection from the enemies living around them. The gates were all burned, so they had no way of keeping their enemies out of the city. So as we evaluate this situation, we learn first, God was keeping his promise. We knew he would. 
He told the people through the prophet Jeremiah that after being punished for 70 years, they would be able to return to Judah, their original land. God was specifically concerned about Jerusalem, for it was God's city. It was often called the city of God. This was the place where God had located his temple. Then God told them what he wanted them to do when they returned to Judah. Although they no longer had homes or land for themselves in Jerusalem, building the temple was to be their first priority. The temple had been destroyed completely, so it was important to God that they build the temple first. He was always more concerned with the spiritual life of the people as compared with their physical life. Then God called his servant Nehemiah and gave him the responsibility for restoring the city. He was especially interested in the walls of the city, which provided their primary defense. Later, they were encouraged to return to their own towns and rebuild their own homes and make their own communities. God is always prepared to have someone available to complete his plans. He used King Cyrus to allow the people to return to their land in Judah as he promised he would. Then he sent Ezra back after the temple was rebuilt with priests and Levites to return the people to worship God as they had directed, as they were directed. Ezra taught them to know God's commands and to obey them. Finally, he called Nehemiah to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the city and the walls and the gates. When he was first exiled to Babylon, Nehemiah was made cupbearer to the king. This was a position of great trust since he was the king's food tester. And if anyone was to be poisoned, it wasn't going to be the king. It would be the food tester. One day, Nehemiah's brother and some friends returned from Judah to Babylon. Nehemiah asked them about Jerusalem and the remnant who were there. They told him that both the people and the city were in great trouble and great disgrace. On hearing this, Nehemiah became very disturbed. He wept, he mourned, he fasted, and then he prayed. He was so upset that he became downcast before the king, who then asked him why he was so sad. Nehemiah then explained that God told him to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. But before he approached the king for his approval, he prayed to God that he would hear him and give him his favor. He prayed that God would allow him to return to Jerusalem 
so he could rebuild the walls and the city. Then as a result of his prayer, we read in Nehemiah 2.8, it pleased the king to send me. So I set a time, he approved. The king had not only granted his request, but he gave him even more. He included protection as he traveled to Jerusalem. He gave him an army escort. During the time he was processing the bad news of Jerusalem and the situation of the people, he was thinking, how can I help? He knew that he had to get permission from the king, but more than that, he would need God's approval. He spent four months in prayer before asking the king's permission. Four months in prayer. When was the last time you spent four months in prayer? Then we read this prayer, Nehemiah 1, 11. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant. Give success to your servant today and grant him mercy as I go before the king. God granted him success in approaching the king who gave him permission to go to Jerusalem. The king only asked that he set a time. While he was praying, he was also planning. When he arrived and saw the devastation, he first appraised the situation, then he inspected the walls and the gates, and then he called the people together and he told them his plan. Now his plan was so good that he rebuilt the walls in 52 days. What can we learn from Nehemiah's calling? First, God will reveal what he wants you to do for him. God can on occasions use others to help execute your plan. However, he only uses his chosen people, those who will faithfully serve him to accomplish the final work that he has planned. Here God used Cyrus and Artaxerxes to help Nehemiah in his task. But he chose Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah to actually build the temple, build the walls, build the gate. When God calls you in a particular task, it may cause tears or even fears. So it's important to spend time in prayer. Sometimes it requires you to pray even more than four months. Determine what it is that God wants you to do, and he seldom asks you to do more than you can do in any situation. Recognize that God has determined that you are the one he chooses to do this task. God never asks you to do more than you are able. And after all, he has even promised to go with you. When God gives you the green light to move forward, do your very best. As the song says, give your best to the master. The book of Nehemiah shows us the kind of impact 
one person can have on a nation. We were reminded of that just recently on the death of the evangelist Billy Graham. One person can have a major impact on a church. Just one person. One person who is fully committed to God's work can make a big difference. Ask yourself this question. If not me, then who? I am always reminded of Isaiah, who when God asked his question concerning who will go, Isaiah recognized that he could do it. So when God asked, who will go for us? Isaiah replied, here am I, send me. God calls each one of us to do a work in his kingdom. Many times our response to his call need only be, here am I, Lord, send me. Just remember, Jesus is calling us to follow him. He says, come, follow me. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for showing us that no matter what needs to be done, you have prepared someone to do it. We are reminded that you have others that can help us to complete the task. We think of Moses and Aaron, Paul and Barnabas and Silas, and Peter had 11 others to help carry out your work. We ask you to show us what it is that we are being asked to do here. We know that there, here in Chestnut Hill, there are many tasks that need to be done. Help each one of us to ask you to reveal what you are wanting us to do. Help us to continue to move forward toward our primary purpose, which is to win the unsaved for Christ. Help us to reach out and bring them into the presence of the teaching of the gospel story. Help us to complete the good work you have given us to do. Give us the desire to do this work so that we, we may hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have begun the work I have called you to do. Amen. Amen. For more information about Chestnut Hill Baptist Church, or to subscribe to these audio messages via our podcast, visit our website at chestnuthillbaptist.org. You can also write to us at Chestnut Hill Baptist Church, 2 Bethlehem Pike, Philadelphia, PA, 19118.